Welcome to the I'm Spiritual <laughs> podcast. My name is Matt Stewart. I'm a transformational coach, and it is my mission to bring purpose to the purposeless. This podcast is for gaining insights into the deeper layers of our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies to unlock our inner potential and allow for healing. Let's deep dive down the rabbit hole of self-development and spirituality to get a no-bullshit look at what works and what doesn't work. (laughs) Let's do it. It's 2023. January 2nd, 2023 is when I'm recording this. Welcome to the I'm Spiritual podcast. My New Year's resolution is to be more authentic, is to speak from a centered place inside of myself. And to get weird, to get wild, to follow that path, to follow that thread, because I've played this, I've played it safe my whole life, tried to play it safe, always looking for approval, always wanted to make sure people understood me, and play by society's guidelines, and to, to color in between the lines, right? When I was a kid, I never did that, never colored in between the lines, until they conditioned me to do that, because freedom is an illusion. That's what they wanted to teach you. In the schools, it started young. All right, color in the lines. You can't go outside the lines because once you're outside the lines, you've broken society's rules. You are given a task. You need to complete the task within these parameters. Don't rock the boat. Don't question anything. They get you young. They got me young. They probably got you young too. Hopefully, you're starting to wake up. I know I am. And that's why I'm so excited for 23 to unfold, to transpire, to see where I end up. Because where I am now, and where I will be in 2024, completely different. Completely different. And I hope that's your gift. And I hope that's your desire as well. Let's talk about that word desire for a second. I love looking at the etymology of words because I think it's fascinating how words started out, their original meaning, to how we got to them today. So let's look at that desire word. We go back about 1,200 years. It comes from Deseren. To wish or long for, express a wish to obtain. Let's go back a little further. Desirere, to wish, to desire, to long for. Okay, cool. Going back into Latin, we go back to de sidere. Now we break that word down. It goes to sidus and de. Sidus means heavenly body, star, constellation. De in Latin means down from. So the original definition of desire means calling something down from the heavens, from constellations from the stars from a heavenly body it means the universe giving you something a gift from the stars and we've turned that into a wish and the one thing with a wish is unless you put action behind it it's not going to happen it's a fun thought in the real world we don't have those uh, genie lanterns you can't rub it and get three wishes and somebody else grants it to you no the only way you can create truth from a wish is if you take that action But it's very interesting to me that that word desire initially had such a spiritual meaning to it back in the day. And now it's something completely different. Now it's it's sexual, it's sensual to desire another person. But it's also a wish to long for something, something you might not have. But initially it was something coming down from the heavens. And why does that matter? Because that ties into how the universe actually communicates with us. And I'm fascinated by this, right? Let's, let's step back. Let's think about objective physical communication, right? It takes place in the dimension of the left brain, the logical brain. 
using the objective senses, right? Your ears, hearing, touch, smell, sense. The hearing is used for perception. And our voice, what we speak out into the world, is used for transmission. So you have a conversation with your friend. They're transmitting their thoughts, their beliefs to you. You're using your hearing to perceive them. And that's how communication takes place from person to person. Ideas are shared. Things are built. world is created. It's wonderful. That's that left dimension in the objective world. But there's another one, the subjective spiritual communication, right? This takes place in the right brain dimension using the spiritual senses. What are those spiritual senses? Well, visualization and imagination. Visualization is used for perception, just like the hearing. Imagination is used for transmission, just like the speaking. You see, the universe speaks to each and every one of us through our minds. It comes from the stars like that desire down through us into our imagination. And when we're able to listen to that, we begin to visualize. Because we can't visualize something without having seen it first. Right? Visualization is a very linear, logical process. Visualization, there's constructs to it. If you haven't seen it, you can't do it. It's like Usain Bolt. I forget the exact record he broke, but he was the fastest man on the planet. And until he broke that record, nobody thought they could run that fast. And once he broke that record, people started breaking it left and right. We had more and more people because that belief was there. Because they could now conceive of it. They were able to visualize it. They could put it into concept and say, hey, if somebody else can do it, why not? I could do it too. The universe spoke to Usain Bolt and said, hey, you can run fast. I'm going to imagine you running fast. Obviously, he trained very well, but it's the same thing. Quieting our minds down to let the imaginations come in where we shift from visualizing into imagining, imagination. And what is the first thing they break in us when we're growing up? Don't imagine. Don't go to that fairy tale land. Stop talking to your imaginary friends. Stop playing with toys. Stop creating a universe. Focus, focus, focus. Shift your mind into this logical, objective reality where you are isolated, you are alone, and you have to color inside of those lines. Now, I'm done coloring inside those lines. I'm, fuck, I'm approaching 40? I'm turning 39? Oh, wow, in 11 days. Pretty cool. I was born on a Friday the 13th, and I'm turning 39 on a Friday the 13th. I'm excited by that. The only reason why I can find historically why there is a superstitious nature to Friday the 13th is the Catholic Church excommunicated and killed the Knights Templar. They sent that order down to kill them on a Friday the 13th, uh, outside of, you know, the Friday the 13th movies, which, you know, came out much later. That's a little tangent. You know I love taking tangents. Back, we color in inside and outside of the line. That was outside of that line. We're bringing it back in. And when you allow the universe to communicate with us, to download things from there. You have really powerful shifts. You have really, really powerful shifts. And for me, what's been the biggest shift so far is learning about Celtic shamanism. I've always been fascinated with shamanism. I've always felt like there's some sort of deep, dark shaman inside of myself. I'll just say it. There was this, this otherworldly presence inside of myself that wanted to come out, that wanted to heal, that wanted to be heard, that wanted to to help the universe, help the world, help myself. And I was always afraid to tap into that energy. And I tried reading into shamanism, but I learned, I'd study Native American, and 
I don't have any ancestors, at least that I know of, who are Native American. So that never really took to me. I studied Eastern religion. Again, I love the principles, love Buddhism. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful philosophy, but it didn't really stick. And then a light bulb went off, and I'm Irish, English, Scottish, Dutch, and German. And I started reading up on Celtic shamanism. And I bought some books, and I started to learn how to, how to do some journeying. I started learning about herbs and, and rituals and fairy world and all these really cool things that I had never really talked about or, or learned about or expressed an interest in. Because as a man, you start talking about the fairy world. I feel like fairies, you say that word, and unless you really know, it's more of a feminine thing. Because we've, you know, in pop culture, fairies are these, well, they're super cute, they're adorable, they're these little, they're usually feminine. But no, 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 that's again, Hollywood. That's, that's, you know, mainstream. That's not what it is. They are these fascinating beings. Actually, fairies a lot of times have been confused and the words interchangeable with angels and demons. So when you say fairies, it's just another way of describing angels and demons. And I think that's beautiful. And that was a big shift for me. And since I've learned this, I've done some fascinating journeying into myself, into my own mind, and into the world beyond. And it feels good to talk about it. It feels great to share about it. You know, starting this, I've, since I've started it, it's, since I've really started this practice, I've had a lot of shifts. First of all, in the past, when I journeyed to find a spirit animal, I could barely find one. They wouldn't, they wouldn't stay connected. I'd lose them. It just, it just never felt right. It always felt like I was forcing it. But with this Celtic shamanism and what I'm learning is, what you actually need to navigate these these waters, these deeper dimensions. I mean, the three, you know, the three uh, otherworldly dimensions. You know, they have the upper world, they have the land, and they have the deep place. And I call it the deep place because one of the translations is the underworld. And I feel like when you call it the underworld, there's so much synonymous with negativity and death and, and evil. And yeah, the the deep place has the notion of death, but death is a part of the cycle of life and rebirth. And in Celtic shamanism, this is a belief I've held and not really known about it since I was not known how to describe it as a kid, but it's it's just a wheel. We're all on this wheel. There is no heaven or hell. You can call it reincarnation, but when you die, your energy shifts to something else, to another form. And you think about that thermodynamics, energy is never created or destroyed, it just transfers. So the energy that is powering my physical being right now, when I expire, I mean, truthfully, if I had it my ways, I would just take a long wander into the woods when I'm an 80-year-old man and die of natural causes and let my body be absorbed back into the earth, let animals feed on it, let uh, you know my, my skin decompose and nourish the soil around me. You know, to, to Westerners, that sounds very morbid and it sounds very disgusting, but I can't think of anything stranger than being shoved in a box underground. Just this box, this this coffin separates you from that natural order and you're buried six feet down. The reason you're buried six feet down is, you know, because that's where grave robbers would stop digging around five or six feet. So that's why we're buried six feet. It's not some magical thing. And since I started this journeying, I've met a fairy ally. Super cool. I've reconnected with what's called a fetch or a fetch would be almost in the West, it would almost be like a guardian angel. And I became aware of this guardian angel after my car accident, really. I hit a tree. <laughs> I, <laughs> when I was 20, I drunk drove a car into a tree at 70 miles an hour. Didn't have my seatbelt on. The last thing I remember is the airbag deploying and time slowing down and going, fuck. 
as I missed it, smashed my face off the center console. I shattered my chin, broke my jaw, almost died. But since that day, I've been aware of this, this what I call blue, this energy, this presence that has protected me all my life. And a fetch really is, it's an it's a entity that has, that shares its energy with you, that has, in a way, sort of attached itself to you, not in a negative way, but it, it navigates reality with our help. It's half in, half out of the physical world. And it's here benevolently. It's here to help us. And with these two, to meet them, you, you need to take a journey. And I took a few journeys, and right off the bat, I connected with them. And I was so pleased with this. So happy to have these, these spiritual allies, these spiritual friends to help me when times get tough. And I met them on the, the land, the middle realm, almost like nature, the nature realm. But I met them in the, pretty much the land that we walk on, right? The earth that we are on right now. This plane, this realm. There are things that we can see with our objective senses. And there are also things that we can't see, but we can see them and perceive them with, with our spiritual senses. And if you don't tune into them, you're going to walk through this world and it's going to be very, very boring. And I'm not about that life. I wanted to start journeying into the underworld because I felt comfortable with the, the land, the middle realm, navigating that. I had gone through that, met the spirit allies and the fetch. They were helping me out. It was great. I loved it. It's, you see all these amazing and fascinating beings that you, your mind can't even conceive of, things that I had never seen that are just walking around here. And two days ago, actually, no, it would be more than that, three days ago, three days ago I was connecting with my fairy ally again, communing with, getting to know it better, and it started to pull me towards the underworld, towards the deep place. And to get to there, you need to go through water. And that's how I knew it was the deeper world, because we were standing at the edge of a cliff. I was looking down, and there was this, this roaring ocean beneath us. But there was also this small black portal or gate that it looked like. And I went in. And I got in there, and I was surrounded by nothingness. Surrounded by black, the void. But there was nothing there. And I turned around to look to see where I was and realized I had barely gone inside of this realm. I was essentially five feet away from the door. And I wanted to see more, but I couldn't because I was afraid. One, I started to not trust my spirit ally. Maybe I made the wrong choice in spirit ally. Maybe all this was in my mind. Maybe it was trying to lead me to this dark place to take advantage of me. And I spoke those words to my fairy ally. And I had the realization go off that the only thing that was keeping me there from going deeper is my own fear. I was creating all these mental illusions about things. Because the fairy ally, he's been nothing but solid with me. He's been nothing but honest, never forcing, never doing, just guiding. Same thing with the fetch, always protecting. So I knew I wasn't ready to go in. So I turned around, thanked him, left the, the underworld, went back up into the nature realm, and then came back into my physical body and went about my day. But that really bothered me. The next day, New Year's Eve, I just felt this pull. I went outside. I found this oak tree that's in my backyard. And I sat underneath it. It was raining out. It was pouring out. I had a sweatshirt, a hood. I was wearing shorts. It was about 50 out, but it was still cold and, and wet. And I sat down there and I started to journey into myself and I connected with the fairy ally. I went into that nature realm and I said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. 
and in my mind we approached that cliff again, only this time that doorway was bigger, and I took the jump in, and I went deeper than I had before, lost sight of the entrance, and I met someone there. To me, my mind pieced it together as almost this, this, this white-haired, bearded man. And I started cracking up. I started laughing. This, this devious laughter that I've always felt inside of me. It's always been a part of me. Whenever I've done shamanic journeying in the past, I've always gotten to this level where I just hysterically laugh by myself. And I've heard it described as this Loki energy or this, this trickster energy. So I sat there and I laughed and I howled like a maniac and I, and I giggled and it was silly and it was fun. It was playful. It was dark. It, it, I, I laughed so much that it hurt sometimes. And as I was communing with this white haired man, I said, are you Loki? But then I stopped myself because he had white hair and a beard. And I said, you look more like Thor or Odin. And his response was, you watch way too many Marvel movies. <laughs> Again, we've been so conditioned for these things to just believe it's one way, to think that it's it's Chris Helmsworth is the definition of Thor. And then I forget the actor who played Loki. He's amazing. I love the actor. Tom Hiddleston? I think that's what it is. Shout out. If I fucked up your name and you ever listen to this, you're amazing. And after I got through that, I don't even know how it happened, but I started to 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 dry heave, to to gag. And there was this this thing that needed to come up that needed to be expressed. And I had been there before. I had felt this sensation for years of doing this healing work. And in the past, I'd never been able to get rid of it. It felt like there was this snake that was inside of my stomach that I needed to yank out of me, to rip out of me, to tear out of me, to get rid of. I was sick of this fucking thing. And I started pulling it up energetically. My mouth was open. I had my hands in front of it and I was yanking it out almost like you would pull on a rope. And I'm pulling and I'm pulling and it gets to the end and it's stuck. And I could feel this tension in my solar plexus, tension in my belly, and everything's so tense that I'm trying to yank and my muscles are tense, and I'm sweating, and I'm shaking. And it's so hard, and I think I'm going to pass out because I feel like I can't breathe because there's this energetic thing coming out, locked up in my throat, going all the way down into my belly, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to get rid of this. And then it hits me. Stop struggling. Relax. Surrender. And the second I made that switch, all the muscles relaxed in my body. And I was able to pull up another what felt like 20, 30, 40 feet of this thing, but effortlessly this time. There was no tension. It wasn't caught on. It was just pure energy moving out of me. And finally, it was gone. And my whole body began to shake. I was sweating. It felt like I was bouncing around on the inside of my own head. I couldn't get centered. I didn't know what to do. I was getting so scared. I was nervous. I was frightened. And then I asked for help from my allies. And they said, ground yourself. And the second I grounded myself, starting to feel into my own body, feel into my own strength, feel into my own power, I felt strong. I felt energized. I felt connected to something, to a presence in myself that had always been there, but I hadn't allowed myself to access. It was power. It was presence. It was authority. It was the masculine part of myself that had been separated from me, from trauma after trauma, from bullshit excuse, from all of these things, from society. And it felt good. And I sat with that for a while. And it felt like 
for that journey, that's what I needed to learn after a while because nothing else came up. It was just smooth. It was steady in that dark place. I saw a door ahead of me, but the allies said, no, now is not the time for that door. Come back later for it. And on my journey back out, I started to get towards that portal in the ocean, towards the towards back to the nature realm. And as I got close to it, I felt this, this fear build into me on the right side of my body. It felt like in the physical reality, there was a creature on my right, this heavy presence. This, it felt like I couldn't describe it. It was like a wolf or it was like a bear. And then the second I said bear, I could see that. I got that imagination hit. The imaginal mind popped out. And it was a bear. But it wasn't there to hurt me. It was there to support me. It was an animal ally, an animal spirit, an animal familiar. And the reason this felt significant to me is because all of my life I've struggled accepting help from others. I've always been the one to give help. But to me, receiving help felt like I was weak. It felt like it was something that meant I wasn't good enough. So I grew to fear that. I grew to fear being loved, being worthy enough to accept help, to believe that the universe could provide people who were good enough, who cared enough about me to give me help. So in my mind now, whenever that, that help came, I would register it as fear. People would start to do something nice for me, I'd pull away. I'd run the fuck away from them. And it kept me from getting close to a lot of people in my life. So this this presence that started to materialize, that mental construct of the fear and the, and the not wanting to receive help resonated. And I saw it for what it was. And this is what that journeying does for you. This is what it did for me. And I had gone in here, I had done this work, and I had brought back a great Celtic bear, a mother bear, in fact, powerful, there to protect, there to bring about balance into the world. And I was so excited to meet this bear because it felt like it was a part of myself. It felt like it was there to support and to really embody myself. And as I came out, brought it into the nature world, brought it back to my body, started to come back in there. It was still raining on myself. And I came out of that. And I went back inside and I just had this impulse. I'm like, I need some warm milk and honey right now. You know, part of it could have been because it was so fucking cold out and I was getting rained on. But I went out and I made some milk and honey and I put some cinnamon and some cloves in it, which are things I never put in my milk and honey and never really combine. And after I did that, I started researching into Celtic bears and the symbolism behind that. And it's a symbol of motherhood. And they're known for being fiercely protective of their young and their milk is particularly rich. So when I feel something like that or when I experience something like that, I think of it as a synchronicity. Why was I called after that to have that warm, rich milk? And why did I just learn that bears have the richest milk? Synchronicities are a simultaneous occurrence of events which appear significantly related but have no real discernible, casual connection. And it's important when you start going down this, this spiritual path or when you start really diving into yourself to pay attention to these synchronicities. And I don't mean the casual synchronicities of looking at the clock every day and going like, oh my God, it's 11-11, synchronicity, yeah, girl, snaps everywhere, and then taking a picture of it and posting it online. Sometimes the numerology like that can be a synchronicity, but more often than not, that's just a casual surface level thing. So what were the biggest takeaways from that journey? 
Because a lot of this work, you can, what I just told you, if you're still listening, yeah, I know I like you because that's pretty cool. Thank you for supporting the podcast, but also you're interested in what I'm saying. This work, this inner work, this spiritual work, it doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always have to make sense. And you can look at it like this is a spiritual event really happening to me. Like I'm leaving my body, going to other dimensions to navigate it. And that can be your real interpretation and perception and imagination of the event. Or you can look at it as I'm diving into my own subconscious and my subconscious is taking me on this, this imagined journey because these are the symbols that I need to unlock a greater understanding of my own psyche. And both of those, in my mind, are the same thing. It's a different side of the same coin. Spirituality, psychology, the mind. When you start... When you start doing inner work, all that matters is that you're healing yourself and that you're healing yourself to truly enjoy life, to become present in your life, to enrich the lives of those around you, to heal others around you, to live your best life. It sounds so cliche, but that's what this spiritual journey is. And that's what we're all on and we should all be doing. Not because we want to... Not because we want to take ayahuasca and take DMT and unlock the third eye and, and travel to these alternate realities. That's great. But look, our physical bodies are rooted in this 3D reality, in this world that we all live in. And to really raise the collective consciousness, which so many people swear in the spiritual world that they want to do, they need to spend more time rooted in their own body, feeling into that. Because that's what saved me on that journey, was that connection to my immediate physical body. Because if I had lost that, who knows what I would have picked up in there. Who knows how that, that snake journey would have gone? Who knows what that bear protector would have turned into if I wasn't able to turn the corner and realize it was my own fear that was casting that negative reflection on something beautiful. And when you think about that, where in your own life are you allowing that unchecked fear, that unresolved fear to paint a negative shadow on every single event in your life? And would you like to change that? Do you deserve to change that? Do you even think it's possible to change that? And what would your life look like if you did change that? Thank you so, so much for checking out this podcast. I have a blast every time I hit record on these things. Wherever you found me, please give me a five-star review. Give me a seven-star review if that's a thing. I don't even know. And if you know someone who would find value from anything I said today, please share it with them. Screenshot this and post it on IG and your stories and make sure to tag me with it. You can follow me at underscore I'm Matt Stewart. That's underscore I-M-M-A-T-T-S-T-E-W-A-R-T on the I-G-Z. <laughs> Peace.